0: Enjoy that? I love that song and I appreciate Michael. Didn't they all do good? Let's give them all a hand again. That was just great. Brother Matt and others are out of town today and uh, Brother Michael then just stepped right up and hit hit a home run. And so uh, we appreciate that. And as we go through the sermon today, uh, you'll find out why I had him to sing that song. Now, his dad is a great guitarist and singer, and he's been singing all over the world for a long time. And he, he sings that song, and so Michael picked it up and was telling me about it. I said, sing it Sunday. So I appreciate them singing the song. If you do not have an outline of the sermon, please raise your hand. We'll make sure we get one, and we appreciate it. If you will, I want to thank you this morning for getting up an hour early. And been in church. So our bodies are an hour behind. So that means I have an extra hour to preach because your body is not wanting food right now. <laughs> Thank you for coming. And uh, for most of us that are here, we went through two weekends of just great ministry. Great ministry. I mean, I just appreciate our guests being here appreciate everything that everyone did for us. We uh, got so many cards, and we got money, and we got uh, gift cards, and Lord have mercy. I can't thank the church enough. You, you made me feel very, very good, and my wife, and, and we just appreciate that. If you look at your outline, I want everybody to have an outline, if you will, the reveal power of God. St. Luke chapter 5 verse 17. Now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee. Notice these people came from all over Judea and Jerusalem. This is what I want you to notice. And the power of the Lord was present to heal. Now, if you would read reading the Amplified there, it said, and the power of the Lord was present with him to heal. Let me ask you something today, especially those that are spirit-filled, and most of us are, and uh, any of us can pray for the sick. It doesn't matter, but uh, is the power of the Lord present in your life to heal? We'll find out. Father, we love you today. We thank you for this time that we have to break the bread of life. Lord, as we preach, as we teach, as we just expound your word, speak it to our hearts, not just to our ears. Bless every family, every home. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, is the same thing present today? You see, Pastor... Don't see all these things happen and the miracles that took place during that time. Jesus healed the sick. He touched blinded eyes. He touched the crippled. He 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 touched the leper, and he was all of these things happened, and uh, we don't see it. Well, let me tell you something. Just as sure as this word says that the power of God was present to heal there, He's just as present today to minister in this church, church down the street. It's just if we meet the condition. Notice, if you will, the introduction. All over the world, there's a song that says, all over the world the Spirit is moving. All over the world the Spirit is moving. We tend to look at everything from an American perspective when around the world the Holy Spirit is moving as never before. I want that to sink in. Because we may ask, Preacher, I, I just don't know about that. You know, with Pentecost and, and at the uh, beginning of the, the 19th century and what happened in Kansas and what happened in California and all these things that happened. And with the great 60s, the late 50s and great 60s of the outpouring of the Spirit of God with ministers like Oral Roberts and and A.A. Uh, A. Allen and others, And you're saying that it's just as real today. I don't see that. Well, look. Churches all over the world, all over the world, churches are being built in unprecedented numbers. People are being saved at astronomical rates. They are receiving the Holy Ghost baptism. Listen to this. By the thousands daily. Oh my, that just, wow. In China alone, in any given 24 hour period, 30,000 people are coming to Christ. I listened to CBN, some Pat Robertson, and and they're just so good at telling what's happening around the world. And I yesterday heard a gentleman that travels to China and lives in China. And he says there are unprecedented things happening in the land of China. Now, uh, 60 years ago, you wouldn't have the church in China like it is now. There's still an underground church. But there are, I think they said about 80-some thousand Governmental churches, Chinese churches. And then there's the underground church where this is happening. 30,000 are coming to Christ. Did you know an average of 500 people are being baptized in water every Sunday? Did you know that in China, hundreds of millions are turning to religion and faith. Now, of course, when you mention that number, you've got other religions that certainly come in, but Christianity by far is the fastest growing religion in China. But not only in China, in sub-Saharan Africa, and that is from the middle of Africa down to southern Africa, in that area alone, 20,000 people every 24 hours are saved. And then you have Central and, and South America. I, I just love to read about the miracles, about the revival, about what's happening in Central and South America. There are churches, in, especially in South America, that they have in attendance every Sunday morning. Listen to this, 100,000, 200,000, and and right on up. And so this is what is is happening around the world. Why is this? Because God's people are penetrating the world with his word that is being confirmed by signs and wonders on a daily basis basis would not you like to see that happen in America you scratch your head and you say I hear all these statistics I, I hear about what's happening in all of these other countries I called a, a preacher in West Virginia this week and I asked him I said I said Michael he he, he travels all over I said Michael why aren't the thing that is happening in Countries around the world, why aren't they happening in America? And I, I list some things that, uh, that certainly are some reasons why they are not happening here in America. But they can, and I believe they will if we'll meet certain conditions. I, w- I don't want to just to preach on the revealed power of God, which I've been on for the last couple of months. I don't want just to preach about it. I want to see the revealed power of God. Bobby Williams, just a few months ago, a few weeks ago, got so sick. He was in the foyer and he fell out. And we had nine 911, called 911. They came and got him. And the report was not good. And ever since then, I don't know what's happened to Bobby Williams. He is just coming and... Be- you see, that's the power of God that is being revealed in Bobby Williams' life. Now, we need to see that often. We need to see it happening in our lives, in all of our lives, in the churches. Not you know, we need to we need to experience what is happening in China, in Russia, in, in the Middle East, even in Muslim countries. We need to see that today. Uh, you notice I have listed next Roman numeral number one, the fourth dimension. Mike Manuel gave me a Bible, uh, sent me a Bible for my for I's fiftieth anniversary, and it's a King James version. But in the front, it's got quite a few great men of God that have written articles and and written uh, messages and things like that. By the way, Mike Manuel has an article in there which is very revealing. But Dr. Young-Gi Cho, and most of us, or many of us have heard of him, he pastors the largest church in the world. And Gerald, where? Oh, Gerald's back with the children. Gerald and I have been in that church. You know how many members he has? One million members that's a big wow and Dr. Cho wrote this and I wanted to to mention what he's got here it's the fourth dimension notice the physical world exists in three dimensions uh, some of you geometrists can tell me what those three are it's first one is a lion l-i-n-e not l-i-o-n lion not lion, a line, and then the second one is space, and the third one is material. So what you see today is a third dimension. Us, people, pews, everything that you know, couches, cars. And he talks about how important, important it is for the church to identify, live in, That fourth dimension. And the fourth dimension is the spiritual dimension. There are a lot of things that are happening around us that we do not see. In fact, there are more things that are happening in the invisible world as far as the spiritual world than there is uh, the third dimension. One of the things, and I want to get into more of this later, but one of the things that Mike Manu told me, I said, I said why are things happening like this in Africa? They draw hundreds of thousands of people. They have these open air Campaigns and revivals, and in in the and it 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 is is a sea of people, and people are being raised from the dead over and over and oh, that's not a joke. That's that's not I hope so. They're being healed of all kind, HIV, leprosy, blindness. This is happening, and I said, Michael, why? does that happen and not happen here? And here's one of the things he told me, along with other things. And, and, I, and you and I both know some of these things. He said that the third world operates a lot in spiritualism. Which doctors? All kind of spiritualism. They operate in that. So when they hear about Jesus Christ, And they hear the message on Christianity and the Holy Spirit. It's not easy, it's not hard, rather, I'm sorry, for them to go from that, living in that spiritual, negative, uh, demonic, satanic uh, area, and going over to and applying it in the spiritual world, the Christian world, and the spiritual world. And that made sense to me. You know, America, we don't need God. See, if they get sick, they don't have a hospital, many of them. If they need money, they can't go down to the American or any bank and get money. They they depend on God, but we don't, America, don't need God. So Dr. Cho is saying here, we need to go from that fourth I mean, from that third dimension into the fourth dimension. That's, that's the kingdom. That's, that's walking in the spirit. That's being in touch with the manifestation and the revealed power of God. In that dimension, he goes on to say the fourth dimension, this is a spiritual dimension. The fourth dimension, look at number three, can be seen, manifested in the third dimension. And that's what we need to see. We need to see drug addicts delivered and set free. That's the Holy Spirit being manifested in the third dimension. We need to see alcoholics. And we need to see people delivered and set free. We need to see people healed. We need to see the early church in operation. That means that we take from the fourth dimension and see it in the third dimension. Isn't that great? And we need need to see that. Notice what I have here. The level of awareness we are in spiritual happenings, the more effective we are in bringing his kingdom into our circumstances. Great statement. Great statement. The more you and I are in touch with the fourth dimension, the more that we pray, read the Bible, seek, seek. Seek the face of God. The more we are in touch with God. I'm not talking about I mean, woo, I'm not talking about any of that stuff. I'm talking about a real, genuine walk, an experience with the baptism of the Holy Spirit and He is operating in you. The more we are in touch with that, the more that we can bring that into our everyday life. You and I should be operating in the nine gifts of the Spirit. You and I should be operating in the nine fruit of the Spirit. And what we, we can do that if we operate in the Spirit of the Lord. That, that doesn't mean that someone says, I don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I don't speak in tongues. I don't. I don't. That doesn't. It's important that we do that. But all of us can pray, all of us can seek the face of God, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek the face of God. I'm going to read that again, and I hope that sticks. In fact, if you, you might want to take your pencil or pen or take something and just underline a few of these words in there. The level of awareness we are in the spiritual habits, the more effective we are in bringing his kingdom into our circumstances. I'm tired of the devil pushing us around. Amen. You and I have authority. Jesus says, I give you authority to operate in that fourth dimension. Look at number five. And as we pray, seek the face of God and read his word, we can begin to operate in the fourth dimension and in the power of the Holy Spirit. And when I asked Mike, I said, Mike, why aren't these things happening in America like they are in other countries? And I told you some. One of the things he said is America, and I believe this, is, is gospel-hardened. Oh, we've heard it so much. Oh, that's a hat to me. America is gospel-hardened. It's, it's, we're so educated, we operate with our intellect. Academics is so strong. We're smarter than that stuff. You know, sometimes it's not as easy to believe for certain things. I mean, Jesus put, he spat on the ground and made clay and put it on the blind man. And he said, go wash. What? I mean, that's hard for the natural, I mean, I don't mean to disrespect Duke, but Duke is a Harvard or the South or or, or Central or Carolina, or, and not just the academic colleges and universities, but for, for people today. We're too smart for that. What do you mean spitting on the ground? Uh, lack, and I believe this is one of the big problems with our church, with the church down the street, with America's church, I believe this is one of the brief. we are not determined enough. We are not determined. We're unwilling to sacrifice. I'm going to church. I'm going to be there an hour and a half. Then I'm going to get my chicken, and I'm not going. I mean, that's it. Then, when I finish church Sunday morning, I'm going to go do my thing. What are you talking about? Are you going to ask me to do something different? You're going to ask me to meet and go witness? (coughs) Are you going to ask me to pray an extra hour? I don't have time to do all that stuff. I believe that the church in America, that you and I, we're too soft. We need to pray. When I say pray, we need to pray through. We need to stay there a while and pray before God. That's why I enjoy Friday night so much. We come in in one hour. We don't pray the whole hour. We have music. We take communion. We, but it's, 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 it's so wonderful. I'm not just talking about Friday night. I'm talking about any time. we need. I like football, especially pro ball. I'm I'm liking it less and less with what they're doing with it. But the last 20 yards is called what? Somebody tell me. The red zone. You notice I've got here the red zone. Look at Genesis chapter 2 verse, I'm I'm sorry, 32 verses 24 through 28. Then Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now, when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go. The angel said, let me go, for the day is breaking. I mean, he wrestled with him all night long. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Can you imagine what would happen with the believers in this church and other churches, if we say, I'm going to stay here until you bless me. I-, I told you about, we. I mean, when I grew up, we had church Sunday morning. We had church Sunday night. We had church Wednesday night. And then often, more often than not, we had church Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night. We didn't get out at 12 o'clock on Sunday morning. We didn't get out at 8 and 9 o'clock, sometimes 10 and 11 o'clock. We weren't there sometimes till midnight. Now, Brother Don, I know you're not. No, I'm not going to ask you to do that. All I'm going to say is we've got to be determined. It's in the red zone. Did you know most touchdowns aren't scored with a 50-yard pass? Most touchdowns are scored from that red zone through crying in and out, that one-yard, two-yard, three-yard run. That's when the touchdowns are. I believe that often we fail to stay that extra hour, that extra minute, that go that extra mile, and we quit right before we get the victory. Did you know that defensive team, when they see that offense coming and they get to that 20 yard, the cleats go into the ground more. Listen, when the devil sees that you get about to get you're about to get a breakthrough, he's going to fight you every way he can. He's going to fight you tooth, tooth and nail, and that's when you and I need to say, "Okay, devil, I am determined. God promised it to me, and I'm not getting up until I receive it." <laughs> if I could but touch The hem of his garment. Most of us know this story of the woman that was hemorrhaging. Of the woman that had an issue, the Bible, King James said, had an issue of blood. Jairus, his daughter was sick. He asked Jesus to go to his house and heal her. He said, okay, I'll come. So he was going. But there there was a crowd around Jesus. Uh, If you read that, and I'm not going to take time, but if you read that, the the Amplifieds, and and the the, uh, message said that they were throning Jesus. They were were pressing up against him. They They almost smothered Jesus and the and, and one translation said they were pushing and jostling him. There was a crowd around this man. He he was like a rock star. Where and, and you know they have bodyguards and they try they were pushing him and jostling. And this weak woman that had been sick for twelve years, she had been losing blood. She tried doctor after doctor after doctor, but she grew gradually worse at the hands of the doctors. But she made up in her mind, and she said, if I can touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. Let me ask you something. Think about this. Where do you think the hardest part was for her to get the hem of his garment? Think about it. The closer she got to Jesus, the harder it got to touch it. Because that's where the crowd was. You know, out here, way out at the edge, there was not not as many. But then the closer she got. And the Bible, I love this, the Bible says she kept saying. She just didn't say. She just didn't say. She said, if I can touch the hem of his garment. She pushes this way. If I can touch the hem of his garment, she pushes that way. If I can touch the hem of his garment. She's so weak. It's almost impossible. She can't hardly move. She can't hardly push anybody else out of the way. But she pushes this one out of the way. And she pushes this one out of the way. And the crowd gets thicker and thicker. But the Bible says she kept saying, if I can touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. We can, we can sit around and play mumble peg. You say, what is that? Look it up when you go home. Google it, mumble peg. It's interesting. Our daddy used to say it, so I picked it up from him. We can sit, we can sit around and let God's blessing just pass us by. We can make up in our mind, God if I have to stay here all night I'm going to stay here I'm not worried about what I've got to do what I'm 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 not worried about that TV program I'm going to miss I'm not going to keep looking at my cell phone I'm not certainly not going to listen to the lies of the devil that says you can't You can't have this. You can't be healed of this. Your son can't be saved. Your daughter can't be saved. God, I'm going to stay here until it happens. I'm going to stay here until it happens. The closer we get to our miracle, the harder the enemy will work to defeat and defend his territory. That's his territory. And you start on that 10 15, 20-yard line, and the closer you get to the red zone, the harder he's going to fight. But the closer you get to the red zone, the closer you are to your goal. You're closer to the goal, and he knows that. And then you've tried here. You've tried this, and you're discouraged. Your arms get weak. Your shoulders begin to droop. You're beginning to doubt. I don't know if I can do it or not. We need to stand on the promises of God and say, I know I can. I know I can. I'm going to do it. And if you don't know, I'm telling you, if you'll start believing God, stating those uh, promises, let me tell you something. God will not fail you. It will happen. It will happen. Galatians. 6 and 9. This is the Amplified. Let us not grow weary or become discouraged in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap if we do not give in. The King James says, if we don't faint, we're going to reap. It's going to happen. But it might take some praying longer. It might take some... You know, just believe in God and say, "I'm going. I'm going to believe Him. I'm going to stay here. I'm going to. I'm going I'm to do that." The red zone. Paul's challenge to the Galatians: Don't give in. Don't give in. My wife and I just a few years ago we were at the Grand Canyon. That's a big place. If you've ever been to the Grand Canyon, that's a deep hole. Now, they say that the Colorado River cut that Grand Canyon. I I'm not new. But there are rivers that do cut through rock, dirt, roots, river. Is that necessarily because it's so strong? Is they cut through that rock? And make that gully. No. I think I know what it is with that river. It's persistent. It keeps running. Day. Week. Month. Year. Century. It keeps running and running. And it just cuts through it. God wants to bless those that say, hey, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to be persistent. And I'm not going to give up. Now, here's an old song. In fact, if you took that book in front of you, behind the seat there. Here's a song we used to sing. Now, you can't sing this anymore because there are songs we sung years ago we don't sing now. We, We know better. We've come too far. But here's a song that we used to sing. I would not be denied. You remember that song? When pains of death seize all my soul, unto the Lord I cried. Till, till, till Jesus came and made me whole, I would not be denied. The chorus. I would not be denied, I would not be denied. Till, there it is again, Jesus came and made me whole, I would not be denied. Have you heard that song lately? No. Second verse, as Jacob in the days of old, I wrestled with the Lord, and instant with the courage bold, I stood upon his word. Oh, my God. And the third says, Oh, Satan said my Lord was gone and would not hear my prayer. You ever been there? You ever been there? You ever prayed, felt nothing? You ever prayed, and the answer didn't come? The devil said, You've not been good enough. You've not done this. You've not done that. Oh, Satan said, my Lord was gone and would not hear my prayer. But praise the Lord. The work is done. And Christ, the Lord, is here. Pray. See, this is an old saying that we used to say a long time ago. You don't hear it much anymore. Pray until you pray through. Stay there until something happens. I'm convinced that people don't receive from God any more than they do. I'm convinced that we, you know, when I was in Nicaragua, you could not get to the church, one of them. There's there 13 churches down there. You could not get to the church except by a river. A river. And there was people that were coming to that church as we preached, Brother Morris and I. There was people that was coming to that church that they walked for days. We're not going to do that. First of all, we're not going to walk. I watch these football games in the winter when it's 30, 25. I've seen some of them zero degrees. And the snow is coming down, and the bleachers are full. You might as well close this church for have a day like that. Well, you come in, you're warm. The pews are soft. The music is pleasant. The preaching is fantastic. No, I'm not. I'm not going to go there. It's too cold. It's. It's not. I'm gonna be comfortable. I was raised in a church in Sampson County. It was called Midway. It didn't have air conditioning. No air conditioning. Had heater. Had had heat, but no air conditioning. We'd raise the windows. At night, ninety some degrees. You had those old fans. You remember those old uh, funeral home fans that you, you, you fan with? You Young folks won't remember that, but you had fans. And, Down in Sampson County, we had what what is called gnats, G-N-A-T-S, gnats. They're worse than flies. I mean, they were just flying around. They'd fly in the wind, and you'd sit there and fight gnats and fan, fight gnats and fan. But, boy, we had a time. I mean, we were not, I mean, we stayed there. You know, some of the most blessed blessings have come when you're supposed to leave and you stay on. More people were filled with the Holy Ghost after 10 o'clock than before 10 o'clock. Now, I don't think you've got to stay that long. I'm not saying that. But I am saying this. We better be determined. And when the church gets serious in America, when the church... Gets determined. And the the church is no longer afraid to sacrifice. When the church gets that way. Knowing that we're in the red zone. Knowing that on the other side of this line. On the other side. Satan has pulled out all of his stops. Satan has got all of his demons and spirits marshaled against you. Just like the defense on the other side of that line. Some of them weigh 300 and some pounds. They'll hit you and knock you out. You know. And the devil, is, is, he, he's got his players. This demon, this line demon that will lie to you. All Kind of demons marching against you, but you're going to pray and believe God when the church gets determined and stops being so soft and, and is willing to sacrifice. Let me ask you something. How long has it been since you've really, really, and truly sacrificed for God? You don't have to answer. We might sacrifice a little bit, but we have to sacrifice too much. You're talking about grumbling and complaining. God, help us. Help us to understand. We need to say, I would not be denied. Joshua chapter 3. Look at it. And I'm going to try to bring this to a close. So it was when the people set out from their camp. Now, this story is so interesting in the fact that Moses brought the children of Israel out of Egypt. Moses has died. Joshua takes over. And Joshua and the people and the children of Israel want to go over into Canaan land where there's milk and honey flowing. They want to go over. But there's one thing that stands in their way, and that's the Jordan River. And it's at the time. Why would God do this? He told Joshua and those three million people to go over when the Jordan was overflowing its banks. I mean, water was rushing. It was wide. And here it is. Here it is. So it was when the people set out from the camp to cross over the Jordan with the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the Lord, before the people. And as those who bore the Ark came to the Jordan and the feet, notice this, And the feet of the priest who bore the ark dipped in the edge of the water. For the Jordan overflows all its banks during the whole time of harvest. That the waters which came down from upstream stood still and rose in a heap very far away at Adam. That's the place it it rose. That's the place it, it stopped. The city that is beside hard word. So the waters that went down into the sea of the Arabah, the salt city, failed and were cut off. And the people crossed over opposite Jer- Jericho. I'm sorry. Then the priest who bore the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm. They did what? That's what God's asking the church stand firm. Stand firm. Stood firm on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan, and all Israel, three million people, crossed over on dry ground until all the people had crossed completely over the Jordan. But that way was not made. Of course, they had the ark, which represents the very presence of God. Follow God. If you hear anything as we go out of this church? I'm going to encourage you. Follow God. Brother Don, how do I follow God? Read his word. Get in touch with the Spirit. Let Him speak to you. God's Spirit is alive today. But they were told. Now this is not a little old creek. This was a swirling, overflowing its bank river. And God said, I want you the priest to go down to the river. And I want the." Now the river did not part until they put their feet in the water. You know, you and I have got to take the first step. There was a man in the, in, in the temple that had a withered hand. He came in with a withered hand. And Jesus said, should we heal on the Sabbath? And Some of the Pharisees, nah, this, this, is, this is not cool. This is really not cool. And here sits this guy with this withered hand. And Jesus looked at him. And thought about it. And he said something to this man that is eye-opening. This man's hand had been with it for years. He couldn't do anything with it. It was in bad shape. And here, the Son of God, Jesus, what did he say to him? Stretch forth your hand. What? This hand's been like this for years. And you're telling me? The stretch it forth. I haven't been able to extend my hand for many, many years. Jesus said, Stretch forth your hand. That's what God wants us to do. He wants you. You know, Peter did not walk on the water until he did what? He got out of the boat and he had to take that first Step, that first step. You see, you say, I believe God. Are you willing to take the first step? Jesus saw a blind man. And he said a while ago, he made clay, put it on his eyes, and then he told him to go do something. He said, Go wash in the pool. Are you telling me a blind man to go? Why don't you just heal me? I mean, you can do that. Why are you challenging me for? Because God wants you and I to take the first step. We know what we should do. We know we should be obedient to the Lord. And God has challenged the church. I believe this. I believe if the church would be obedient to God, I believe we would see things happening here just like it's happening in China. Go wash in the pool. What did he do? Now, he probably got people to lead him. I don't know. He might have known the way just by feeling. But that man went and obeyed God, washed in that pool, washed his eyes, and came forth how? Seeing. This man in this temple, this church, he's sitting in church like this. I don't believe there's a person here today, if we'll follow God, be willing to sacrifice, if we will live in that fourth dimension. I'm not talking about every day, just walking spiritually every day. I'm talking about if we'll live in that fourth dimension. I believe that every person in this building can be healed. You say, but Brother Dunn, we got to die or something? Well, not necessarily. We can just be walking along and... Our spirit leave us and body don't know what to do and he just falls over. But he's sitting here with his hand. You see, the Bible says in this first reading of the man that they brought and let down from the roof, this man, that's where the Bible says that the power of God presence of God or the power of God was present to do what? to heal and and I believe that the power of God can be present not only in church I believe the power of God can be present wherever we are he can but here he is sitting just like this I hope I can stretch out my hand when I get ready to. I did this when I was real young and it was easy. I'm old now and it's not easy to move after you've been cripped up so long. But I love the, I love this illustration. Jesus said, stretch forth your hand. And by obeying God and taking that first step, he did this. He was able to stretch it forth. He was healed. He stretched forth his hand, and he was healed. The same way that Joshua and the children of Israel, and the priests had to step out in faith in order Israel to cross, for Israel to cross the flood level waters. The priests had to step into the water. Number two, in order to overcome the obstacles in our lives, we must take that first step. We must take that first step. Do you think I'm closing? time Time to close. Let me ask you a question. Do you think blind Bartimaeus had opposition for his healing? Sure he did. He was crying out to God. And the nay voices and the negative voices, they overrode him and said, you keep quiet. Don't bother the master. You see, if you listen to the devil and the naysayers, you'll never get anything done for God. Because they'll say, you can't do that. Oh, wait just a minute. You need to be determined. You need to be willing to say, if it takes, if it takes staying here a little while longer, I'm going to stay here. I'm going to be determined. We're not Blind Bartimaeus cried out the more. The harder it it is, the more we ought to do. The more sleepy we are, the more, as bad as we feel, no matter what. Devil, you try to push me away from my blessing. I'm determined. Jacob wrestled with that angel all night long. And if it takes it, I'm going to do it. Obey God. Today, letting nothing stop you from receiving from the Lord. Bartimaeus would not stop the woman with the issue of blood, she did not give in. She was determined. And you find throughout the scripture, you listen, you'll find throughout the scripture, people that were determined got something from God. Not on us to walk out of this church today and say, hey, good message. Did you enjoy that game last night? It's okay. I'm not saying we shouldn't be just regular folks and talk about certain things. But there are times when we need to dig in. And you know this one thing. You're going to be true. When Neil Lee in UNC Hospital, the lights out, and all the tubes going into him. And they said, there's no hope. We had to dig in. We couldn't give up. When the devil attacks you physically or attacks you spiritually, comes against you with your children and your grandchildren, your loved ones, you be determined. You say, God, you promised it. And it will happen. Ralph Hart. Brother Michael, would you guys come up with me, please? Ralph Hart. uh, Michael knows Ralph Hart or knew Ralph Hart. Ralph Hart, many, many, many years ago. What was it, a car accident? was in a car accident. His skull, the, the, the hair, the skin, everything was peeled back from his head, him back here. I know that sounds terrible, but, and they wanted to take him to the hospital. Ralph's dad was a man of faith. He said, you're not going to take my son to the hospital. Now today they, were arrest, they would arrest you for doing that. But this is many years ago. He picked up his son, Ralph. He took him home and laid him on the bed. The first day, the first night, the second day, the second night, he stayed there at the foot of that bed and he said, I would not be denied. And they tried to get him to take that boy to the hospital. He said, I'm not taking him anywhere. God Almighty is going to raise up my son. He had five boys. All of them were ministers of the gospel. This was Ralph. I don't know if Ralph was the oldest one or not. I'm not sure. But he was the second. second. An angel. You believe in angels, preacher? Mm Mm-hmm. I believe God has sent an angel to your bedside. God sent an angel to his bedside, laid his hands on Ralph Hart, and healed him. He became a mighty pastor in Detroit, Michigan. He became the president of our fellowship, and God raised him up. Don't give up. Don't give in. Don't allow the devil in that red zone to say, You can't make it, you can't reach your goal. Oh, yes, I can, because the promises of God are yea and amen. Yes, 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 yes. That's the promise to you. God wants to give you that promise. The first thing that we need to do in receiving from God is repent. Maybe you're here today, you're lost. And you need to repent and accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Maybe you're here today and you know you're saved. But you know you've allowed the enemy to slip in and pull you away from God. You lost your first love. You're not where you were with God. Maybe there needs to be repentance. We do that every Friday night. I do it almost, if not, every day. I repent before God. But in order to receive from God, the first step you take is, Lord, I repent. I repent. Let's sing this song and then we'll come to the altar and we'll have prayer. Amen. Now, I'm going to ask you to take that first step. Take that first step. You may not feel like it. You may see the raging water. You, The devil may say, oh, you're not going to get anything from God today. There's so many people out This that. He'll give you all kinds. But he's a liar. Say that with me. The devil is a liar. Say it again. The devil is a liar. Don't you listen to him. I'm going to sing that song again. My chains are gone. Step out now and come pray with us. My chains are amazing. Now you may be here today. You may confess in your own heart. You don't have to confess to anyone else. You may confess in your own heart. God, I must confess to you today. I've wanted things easy lately in my life. I'm not wanted to pray like I should. I hadn't felt like praying. I don't in fact I don't even know if God hears me when I pray anyway. You may you may have all kind of feelings. You might want to confess that to the Lord. Lord, I confess my doubts. I confess my struggles. I confess, Lord, I've not been willing to go that second mile with you. I've not been willing to do the things I know I should do. In fact, God may have been dealing with you so long until you may you, you may you may not even feel him dealing with you anymore. But you know what is right by the word and you can say, "Father, forgive me." Lord, I commit to an extra 10 minutes of prayer. Lord, I commit to an extra 5 minutes of prayer lord i commit to an extra verse an extra chapel a chapter an extra text i commit lord i fail to witness i'm going to pray that this week this week this coming week i'll be willing to sacrifice and get out of the comfort zone and witness to one person well that's uneasy for me i can't hardly do that i'm I just don't know. But God, I'm going to do it. I'm going to pledge to do it. And I'm going to be determined to do it. I'm getting out of my comfort zone. Ever how you feel like praying? Pray it as we sing this song. My chains are gone. Amazing. Anyone here, you need special prayer? You're struggling maybe with a habit. You're struggling maybe with your prayer life. Maybe a time of witness, anyone that you have sickness in your body and you want to us to come in agreement. I believe God today wants to touch your body. He brought his ties. He said, I'm late, but I, brought my, I got my tie. Isn't that something? Where's Marsha? I heard you playing that bass today. Oh my goodness! I ought to shout it. <laughs> it's hard not to back off a bit. <laughs> yeah, she was doing good with that bass. Uh, uh, her granddaughter. We we had class this morning. Brother Johnny, did you enjoy that? Her granddaughter. I'm telling you, that girl. Here she is. Come give, give me a hug. Come here. Give me a hug. She, brother, brother Dan. She had us all crying. I appreciate her. She had a testimony that would not wait this morning. It was powerful. And I thank God for what God's done in her life. And I praise praise God for it. I, as I'm hugging her neck, you turn to somebody and hug their neck and say, I love you. God bless you.